0: what-ifs and if-onlys. They had started this whole crazy investigation, but the new year was upon us. We'd been doing this for so long it had become part of our lives, but reading Finger, Fox, and Marsden had given me the itch. In the late hours of the day, I had begun to formulate my own perfect vision of these Golden Age characters in a way that made me smile. Of course, they were just flights of fancy, merely wishful thinking, But it wasn't just me and Matt anymore. Maybe something more could come out of sharing with those who were on the journey with us. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Alright, we gave Joanne the night off. Because there's no summary in this episode. We talked about this last time.
1: Isn't the entire thing going to be summary?
0: A summary of, of something new. It's not... I, I don't know. It could be summary. It, it, it's, Exposition, not summary. There we go. Very, that's very um, <laughs> it's No, it's, no.
1: It's not nearly blue enough. Or pur- purple it's enough? It's purple. Purple, purple. purple. prose. Look, yeah. colors. Right. It's not nearly colorful. <laughs> synesthesia enough.
0: Yeah, we gave Joanne the night off because this is going to be a different episode. I know it's the new year. We wanted to give you something a little different. Matt and I have been tossing this kind of an idea around. And we wanted to not only have, obviously, the content that we normally have, but also something a little fun and creative to kind of inspire you as well, Uh, because we've been inspired by the stuff that we've been reading. So, this episode is actually going to be a pitch for me for a comic that I would propose to write or think would be a good story to read now. I think this is a really interesting story. I hope you think so, too. Uh, Matt is here to gasp or laugh or call me out on stupid things like he normally or say does. that
1: the French judge would have only given that a right,
0: right because the French judge really doesn't care what you do just as long as you're French oh boy well. bands aside <laughs> um <laughs>
1: Oh, good callback! Uh, I tried. Even brought that up. I've been like trying months?
0: to. I've been holding on to it. Every time I edit an episode, I was like, oh, "That would have been a good boy, man. To sign. <laughs> that would have been a good. That would have been a good callback." But I'm keeping that in the chamber for for other episodes. So we're gonna we're gonna mosey on into the next phase of this episode. Maybe we do need Joanne. God no! no. <laughs>
1: wow, I can't. Wow. I, can't let her win. That part off. I can't let her win.
0: That part I can't let her win. She she was like, you'll need me. And I'm like, get your ass and your peanut brittle out of this office and don't come back.
1: You didn't want to pay the overtime? No,
0: you? I didn't. talking about paying her overtime. When we get overtime, she gets overtime. How about that?
1: Anyways. So, yes.
0: Anyway. Uh, we're going to start into the next phase of this episode, which is going to be my pitch for a story that I just pretty much entitled, Gods of the Golden Age. Alright, so since we're doing this in the Golden Age... It's the 1940s, specifically 1941. The war has been going on for some time now. Some characters have been aware of it or have dealt with foreign agents before, but this is, at the moment, kind of the world that we're in. We're still in the United States. We open up on a dock, and there's a large shipping vessel there. Uh, I would have said shipping ship, but I didn't want to open that door. So there's a large cargo vessel at this dock, and we see men... ...picking up large crates and really hustling to get these crates on board. We move to the bridge where we see a very finely dressed woman... ...ordering the men around. And as we kind of focus in on her, we realize that it's Baroness von Gunther. She's taking control of this vessel and she's saying that they need to move quickly... ...that they can't afford to stay here too long because they have to ship this stuff down south. And as she begins to detail some of the particulars of you know embarking... ...how much more they have to get back on the ship... They don't notice the figure outside the window kind of poking its head in and watching all of this. And after a few moments, a man jumps through the window, gun out. Steve Trevor, dressed in his complete uniform because Steve doesn't go anywhere if he's not dressed like he's in the army. Because what self-respecting spy would ever have night gear? But... Steve wants to be seen, and he approaches the Baroness with his gun drawn, saying, It's over, Baroness. You're not getting away this time. I've caught you red-handed. And, of course, she smiles at him, and she says, Oh, Colonel Trevor, I was expecting this, because you're always getting into my plans. And she snaps her fingers, and a lot more guys enter the room, more than Steve is comfortable dealing with. Now, Steve is a very handy fighter, and he's very capable, but... We've seen in the past that Steve can get overwhelmed just by sheer numbers. He's only one man, after all. Steve does a good job handily fighting off of a good maybe five, six of these guys before they just dogpile on him. The Baroness begins to gloat, saying she'll finally be rid of this annoying thorn in her side when Crash, another window, and of course, who else but Steve's guardian, beautiful angel, Wonder Woman. Seeing this, the Baroness says, It is time to go. And using more men as a distraction, she bails. Wonder Woman helps, of course, her main priority, Steve Trevor, saves him, gives a nice quip about always being there when when he needs her, and they eventually fight off the rest of the men on the ship, accepting the fact that they've lost the Baroness. As they begin to investigate, while the police are arresting all of these men, they see that all the crates are from the same company, and they've all got parts in them gears cogs uh steel pipes weird not valuable things and steve starts looking at the branding on the boxes and he goes this is the dodds bessing corporation they're a steel company they uh, steel magnates they're from new york um that can't be the same dodds that i know Uh, There there was a guy, he explains... Of course
1: Trevor knows Wesley Dodds. (laughs) Of
0: course. He explains to Wonder Woman that when he was a soldier, before he became an agent, he served with a man named Wesley Dodds, who was a naval pilot, and he says, I I knew his family was wealthy, I just... I don't know if this is the same guy. And he goes, I'll probably follow up on this tomorrow. Thank you, my beautiful angel, for again coming to save me. And she's like, well, I'm clearly not needed here, as there's no ass-kicking so uh i'm gonna go and wonder woman disappears into the night to of course change back into her alter ego diana prince who is of course waiting at the hotel that steve believes he left her at because he was gonna go deal with this himself steve returns to their field office the next morning going diana i have a lead you and i are going to go to long island we're going to visit the dodds manor because i think i know the person who owned the crates that were being stolen she says perfect let's go so they take a car out to Long Island, and once they get to the Dodds Manor, they knock on the door, the butler lets them in, announces them as Diana Prince, the secretary to Colonel Stephen Trevor. And the second he hears the name Colonel Stephen Trevor, Wesley Dodds jumps up out of his chair and immediately goes over to Steve, hugs him like they're old friends, because these are battle brothers, they know each other, and they're happy to just see that each other has survived. They may have lost track during the war, but it's good to see each other. And Wes says, oh my god, Steve, you're doing so well for yourself. Like, you're you're a colonel now. Good for you. And Steve is like, and you're incredibly rich. <laughs> and he goes, yep, that's uh, what happens when you're the heir to a steel magnet corporation. And he says, well, come on in, come on in. And they adjourn to the sitting room and Steve begins to explain the events of the previous night, and he says, you know, I'm concerned. Were you aware that the dodds Best Incorporation was being robbed and that these parts are being stolen? And Wes says, you know, I had no idea. This is the 1st time hearing of it. And they kind of sit there and ponder for a moment before Steve looks at Diana and he says, Diana, can you give us the room for a second? I need to kind of have a personal conversation with Wes. And she goes, okay. Gets up, walks out of the room. As soon as she's out of eye- eyesight she immediately goes into earshot and starts eavesdropping on the conversation because it's Diana and ain't no way she ain't being a part of this. So Steve kind of sidles over, scoots close to Wes and he goes, Can you still do that thing? You're chipping. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's his young man gentleman friend. God damn it. <laughs> and he scoots closer to, to Wes and he goes, you still do that thing with the mask? And that weird stuff? And he goes, the sandman? Yes, I still do that. He goes, well... You know the city better than I do, and you know where your warehouses are. And if they're specifically stealing Dodd's Bessing stuff, maybe you and I could go to a warehouse, and you could help me out. That way, you don't have to be implicated, and it doesn't cause a problem for you, and you can maintain your investment. It's not a bad idea. What warehouse do you think they're going to? And he says, "Well, I've got this map that shows a you know pattern, and I think this is the next warehouse." And Wes goes, "Oh, that's a bad thing." He goes, "Why?" And he goes oh god a few months ago i was developing a prototype ray gun for the government and i finished it and i'd never heard anything else about it of course they don't have to tell me but i keep all my old prototypes in that vault and i mean they're not functional but that's a bunch of blueprints to a bunch of old defunct ray guns that someone could potentially then have and make work and steve goes okay yeah we're doing this So that night, with Diana again, quote-unquote, left at the hotel or whatever field office, Steve is accompanying the Sandman to this warehouse. And when they get there, they're obviously too late. The vault is open. There are people already shoving things into trucks that are driving off. And Steve and Wes desperately just jump into the fray to try and get these guys to see what they can, you know, get out of them. Or at least stop them from stealing more crap. Of course, there's too many guys. Wes... A Very capable fighter They can take Instead of the usual six Maybe about 15 dudes But They start realizing These guys aren't using guns We got guns Let's just shoot them And the second that thought Enters the thugs minds Wonder Woman shows up, of course, and it's bullets and bracelets, baby. She is just blocking every bullet, and the thugs are like, this has immediately turned into an entirely different situation, and I'm not comfortable with it. And it's just, it's lights out for everybody who isn't the Sandman, Wonder Woman, and Steve Trevor.
1: It's just a moment of American, American yeah. <laughs> America, America. America, America, <laughs> uh, America. That's a joke.
0: Oh, God. And uh, Steve is like, oh, thank you, my beautiful angel, uh, for coming again to my rescue. And Sandman's like, what is this? who is the crazy woman who can block bullets with her hands and things and what is happening and he goes oh this is wonder woman he goes oh that's wonder woman i mean i've heard about her in the paper that this is it's an honor to meet you wonder woman she's like likewise any friend of steve's is a friend of mine um what do they call you we're the Sandman because <laughs> Wes is shite at, at secret identities too but not as bad but not as terrible he's aware that he should at least trust <laughs> and know the person before he gives it away like that uh, and he begins to thank her of course saying like thank you uh, we obviously needed your help this was a, this is wonderful and she says well what were you two doing here and Steve says well we were trying to stop them from stealing these prototype ray guns that Wesley Dodds keeps in this vault but it appears we're too late can you discern anything from these parts that they were stealing? Sandman? And Sandman kind of walks over to the crates, and he's just like, I mean, it's it's all junk, really. It's nothing that you can do anything with. But, you know, this is getting a little outside of my wheelhouse. And I think there's, a, there's someone who might be able to help us. He's just incredibly difficult to track down. He's in the city, too, though. If, if we drive around for about an hour, we'll find him. I guarantee we'll find him. And Wonder Woman and Steve kind of look at him like, okay, yeah, that doesn't sound weird and stupid at all, but sure, yeah, whatever, it's your city. So they get in the Sandman's car and they're driving around, and after about 30 minutes, maybe 40, Wonder Woman's done with this. She's like, this isn't getting us anywhere. I mean, we have those guys arrested. We should be doing something with them. And then they kind of hear it. They don't hear it at first because they think it's the Sandman's car, but then Wonder Woman realizes that the sound's coming from behind them. And she turns around, and it's just this big, guttural rumble of a very sleek, very black-looking car that just zooms <laughs> past them. And, and Sandman's like, oh, there he is, right on cue. And he tries to follow. And of course, the Sandman's car isn't as souped up as the Batmobile. So Wonder Woman says, F this, jumps out of the car, and starts running. And of course she's outpacing Wesley Dodd's car and she's actually gaining on the Batmobile so much so that she can run right next to it and go, hi, and wave to the driver. And Batman kind of turns and sees this woman waving at him and he kind of waves back. And she says, my friends would like to speak with you. They say that you can help us. Meanwhile, Robin is like, what the fuck? At like, So
1: she jays the Wayne.
0: Yeah, she jays the Wayne. And Batman... Slows the car safely, pulls it to the side, Sandman follows suit, and he goes... Because kids, remember,
1: driving safely he's got the kids a, is the real path to America.
0: Exactly, he's got a child in the car, he needs to make sure that Robin is safe. and Still smoking next to the kid, though. Exactly. And he's, he gets out of the car and he sees Sandman, he goes, Oh, hello Sandman, and Sandman's like, Batman, uh, this is Steve Trevor, Colonel Steve Trevor from the U.S., uh, military intelligence, and this is uh, Wonder Woman. He goes, oh, of course, Wonder Woman, it's a pleasure to meet you. Robin is like, oh my god, the Sandman and Wonder Woman. He's freaking out. It's an 11-year-old kid seeing two more superheroes when he hangs around with the same one. That kind of wears off after a while And how he's seeing two other ones. And Wonder Woman says, my two friends here say that you can help us. We're trying to discern the nature of the reason behind stealing all of these parts that are being taken from warehouses. And Batman goes, well, I'd certainly be willing to help take a look. Um, Do you have anything that I can look at? And they show him. And it's, he's coming up a little bit dry, but then the second he hears about the prototype ray guns, he goes, you know, you could make things out of all of this. It's not unheard of. I mean, I could think of maybe about four or five things that you could do, but they're not really viable it would take too long it's too expensive but frankly this does sound like the mo of somebody who i've been tracking i think i've never encountered them before mm-hmm. but it's it fits the mo of the ultra humanite and
1: i thought you were going to go with strange for a minute there. <laughs> like this is a very strange, strange plan oh
0: <laughs> but Batman says it fits the, the mo of the ultra humanite and so the ultra humanite tends to do grandiose plans that go over large areas and affect multiple businesses. And if this is not the only thing that the Dodds-Bessing Corporation is losing, as well as these prototype uh, ray guns, it's safe to assume that the ultra eye might be running a larger scheme. And you said that Baroness von Gunther was trying to ship these down south. Oh, that's what she said, says Steve. Because it's not unlikely that they may be working together for a larger plot. Uh, Baroness von Gunther has worked with other scientific types in the past, you said. Yes, Correct well, I think it's worth trying to track down the next warehouse and maybe spring a trap on the trap. Wonder Woman is not a fan of the sneaky approach, and she is again saying, oh, good, more traps, more times for me to get you guys out of trouble. And they go, it's our only lead, so they look at the next warehouses, and they go, okay, there's three potential locations, let's just go to the closest one and just start making our way. They get to the first warehouse, and no one's there. This is promising. I mean, they beat them this time, that's good. And as Sandman and Robin begin to fan out, and Robin stumbles upon this very large uh, cylindrical metal pylon type thing. He walks up to it and he goes, huh, knocks it with his knuckle, and Sandman's like, what you got, kid? And he goes, I don't know, I've never seen this before. Batman's usually got a lot of high-tech stuff, and I don't really recognize this. This doesn't look like anything to me And Sandman's looking at it. And he goes, yeah, I don't know what what this could be either. He starts looking around, and he sees another. And then he looks over and he sees there's another one next to Wonder Woman. Then he looks over and there's another one next to Batman and Steve Trevor. And he goes, hey guys, I think we should... And immediately an electrical field zaps between all four of the pylons and everyone is knocked unconscious. Now, a couple of minutes pass. Wonder Woman's the first one to wake up. Of course, because her enhanced physical stature and hardiness of an Amazon... You know, she shrugs this off a little bit quicker than than normal humans, and she wakes up to realize Batman and Sandman are gone. There's a lot of guys, there's a couple trucks, those are already rumbling away, uh, and there are men standing over Steve and Robin. And there's a couple guys standing over her, they haven't really realized she's awake yet. And she can hear them saying, alright, this is the last one to pick up, Ultra didn't say anything about the kid and the soldier, we can get rid of them, just dump them in the river she opens her eyes incredibly wide because not only is steve in trouble but that little boy is in trouble and she ain't having any of that so she knocks these two men out and she goes and immediately makes a beeline for the men who are about to kill robin and steve takes care of them but holds one because she's done with this shit she holds one doesn't knock them out and she wakes up steve and robin who are like what and robin's like where's batman what happened She's like, Batman's been taken, but this one knows where. She holds the criminal like a child, you know, dangling above the ground. And he's like, okay, crazy lady in the weird outfit. I don't want to get hurt. Please don't beat me up. And she says, I won't. But the lasso will compel you to tell me the truth. To tell me what I want to know. And she wraps him up in the lasso. And she sits him down. And she says, what has happened to our friends? And immediately, Ultra wanted us to bring them to the farm. To the east of the city. And... That's, we were just told we were supposed to bring him there where is this and he gives her the address and she knocks him out she goes okay enough of the sneaking around stuff we're going to do this my way we're going to get in the invisible jet we're going to fly to this farm and we're going to start busting down doors until we get our friends back and Steve's like you know what yeah that sounds like a great plan I'm down with that Robin is like mm-hmm, yeah let's get Batman back so they get in the invisible jet, which Robin thinks is super cool, because not only is it invisible and a jet, because the Batplane is just El Plane, it's going super fast, and it's invisible, and it's awesome. <laughs> so they're flying in the invisible jet. They get to the farm after you know taking the directions that the thug gave them, and they realize it's just a farmhouse. No one there. It's, it's made up to look as if it's been lived in. It looks like a model home. And Robin's going through doors, opening them up. Steve's doing the same thing. Wonder Woman's checking around. And she's like, ooh, did we screw up? And Robin opens a door and he goes, oh, these stairs leading downwards are probably it. (laughs) Sure enough, there are stairs going far too far down than any basement would be. Steve goes, yeah, good good eyes, kid. And they start going down the stairs. Wonder Woman, of course, in the lead this time. And as they get further down, things start to become concrete and stone. That's a the bunker. There's a bunker under this farmhouse, and it's big. Wonder Woman just decides, screw it. Starts tearing through metal doors, busting down walls, trying to find what they want to find. There's a couple guards here and there, but nothing too inhibiting mm-hmm. as, as in the way of defenses. Until they get to a very large steel door, and Wonder Woman says, I mean, what are the odds, right? It's the only door we haven't checked. She tears the door down, and behind a desk is a woman with Batman and the Sandman flanking her but they've got these weird headpieces on and the woman says finally you
1: say Starro I'm going to be <laughs> so happy
0: the woman says it's about time and one woman says give us our friends back she goes no they're my friends now because my mental suggestion devices have now taken control of them they only obey the word of Ultrahumanite, And now I have two of the smartest and strongest vigilantes in the world at my beck and call, and they will help me in my endeavors. Batman and the Sandman begin to walk forward, and Wonder Woman tries to stop them, like, hey, guys, come on, like, snap out of it. But they just ignore her, and they start walking directly towards Steve and Robin. Wonder Woman turns around and starts watching this, but then she hears a lot of footsteps behind her, and she turns to see a lot of guards. A lot of guards with a lot of guns. Wonder Woman says, this will not stop me. Ultra says, of course not. Big glass wall between her and Robin, Sandman, Steve Trevor, Mm. and Batman. She turns and tries to punch it. It's made out of some crystal material she can't quite get through. She punches it, and it's solid. She hardly dents it, maybe scuffs it. No scratches, no cracks, and Wonder Woman starts Mm. to panic for the first time. She's never really encountered anything that she can't physically overcome, being an Amazon she starts hammering on it and the wall is vibrating with the force but nothing's happening and she starts seeing batman and sandman squaring off but batman's not squaring off to robin and sandman's not squaring off to steve batman's squaring off to steve and sandman's squaring off to robin the two boys inside the cage are going oh this is not good Wonder Woman turns around, and of course the men begin to fire on her, and she's bullets and braceleting this whole way, keeping the bullets away from herself and trying not to kill the men who are shooting at her. But at the same time, it is everything Robin and Steve can do to not lose this fight outright. Steve is not as good as Batman in hand-to-hand combat. He may be a soldier, and he may be very good for a soldier, but Batman's better. He doesn't make enough bowling jokes. Exactly. And it's scarier when Batman wants you down, and he isn't making those jokes. Meanwhile, Robin is fighting a fully grown, military-trained vigilante who has also been fighting for a long time. Maybe the same skill level as Steve Trevor. And Robin has not been fighting anyone of that caliber on his own, let alone ever beating Batman in a sparring match. I don't think
1: he's ever fought anyone who wasn't, uh, what's the line... (laughs) Uh, Totally yellow without their guns. Exactly. And he is freaking out. This is worse than training. This guy wants to
0: hurt him. This isn't Batman holding back. This is a guy going his all. And it is knockdown dragon on there. Steve and Robin are ducking and dodging and blocking. And they are hardly throwing any punches because they're freaking out. They can't handle this type of aggression. Wonder Woman, luckily has lasted long enough for all those guys to run out of bullets. (laughs) And she just starts cleaning house. An ultra-human kind of has sort of a panicked look on her face, but not too panicked.
1: She's on plan C. All right,
0: she's she's playing the long game here. All the pieces are moving. She knows that she has Steve, Trevor, and Robin taken care of. It's just Wonder Woman. And she says, okay, you know, plan, plan A didn't work, and plan B's in effect, so let's go to C. And Wonder Woman's kind of panting, and after fighting all of these men, and she turns on Ultra again, but then she hears... Clank, 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 clank. Out the doors that the men had come out of earlier, metal men, robots, soldiers start coming out of the doors. And they're not holding rifles or machine guns. They're holding ray guns. The ones that look very similar to the ones that Wesley Dodds had described earlier. They don't look sleek like those, but they were clearly the things that they wanted to improve upon, and they're holding them. They're big and clunky, and Wonder Woman starts going, I don't know if I can block ray guns with my bracelets. I've never done that before. Oh, this is bad. And she's... Can't scare these guys. They're robots. And Ultra seems to sit back in her chair and relax just a bit. And then they all hear something. Boom. 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 It's like a giant walking. But it's getting closer. And suddenly a wall just collapses in on itself. And some of the robots are taken out entirely. But some of them are still standing. And both Wonder Woman and Ultra turn... And through the dust and the dirt and the haze, they can see a tunnel, almost as if it was dug out from sheer force leading up to the daylight, or nightlight at this point. And tons of walls just caved in and punched through. And in it is silhouetted a man, big old red ass on his chest, standing there, glaring at the ultra-humanite. And then he turns and he sees the glass wall of crystal. And then he sees a young boy and an American soldier being beset upon by two individuals, and those two do not look like they are winning that fight, and he gets angry. And he just shatters that wall with one shot, and he backhands Batman, and he pins Sandman to the wall by his neck, both of which these men have now lost their mental suggestion helmets, and they are unconscious, and as he's pinning Sandman by his throat to the wall, he turns, and with a very smug, knowing grin, he looks at Robin, and he says, Are you alright, son? That's the end of part one.
1: <laughs> it's a lot to fit in an issue. Right,
0: but uh, again, it's, this could be a continuing story. We pick up on part two immediately at this point. And figuring that Superman is incredibly distracted by the two individuals that he just planted on their asses, Ultra just kind of bails. Through the newly opened hole in her base. And she just runs. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman is now trying to see if she can block these ray gun bolts with her bracelets. Turns out she can, thankfully. And she starts to breathe a little easier now as she takes out these robots. And Superman turns and sees what Wonder Woman is doing. And he just finishes them off for her. He zips over and rips them apart. And he looks at her and he says, Ultra has escaped. She says, yes, I know. And he turns and looks at Batman and Sam and he says, but these two might have a clue for us. And he begins to stalk over to them. And Wonder Woman says, I will not let you hurt them. They are my friends. And Superman looks at her and he says, you will not let me hurt them. And he looks down on her and he looks hulking compared to her. But Wonder Woman stands her ground. No, those are my friends. You're not going to hurt them. And Steve Trevor kind of cuts in. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think it's Superman, right? They are our friends. They were wearing mental suggestion helmets that Ultra Humanite had put on them. Sure enough, the remnants of the mental suggestion helmets are on the ground. He says, hmm, I'm familiar with these. Ultra has used them on me before, but to no avail. And Wonder Woman says, how did you get here? He says, well, I was patrolling the city and I saw a warehouse full of men that clearly did not belong there as they were taking things out of a, out of a broken door. And I jumped in and I was immediately beset upon these electric pylons that ultra has tried to use on me before but i have powered through that electricity and shrugged it off and i figured well if this meant the ultra humanite was back in business i had to find out where so i made some of her goons tell me where she was and as you can see i came here at the right time and batman now back to full you know measure says all right uh you got ray guns you have robotic automaton soldiers? That, to me, spells like a foreign power trying to take control of the United States by using high-tech means. I don't know about anybody else. Steve Trevor agrees. Sandman agrees. Robin just nods his head. Happy to see Batman back. And Batman says, all right, so there's only a couple other cities in the United States that have really been pushing technological advancements as well as helping with the war effort. And the closest one is Capital City. There's a station there, a radio station that has been planting... Uh, new radio stations across the fronts to help our troops communicate with each other. And if I was a foreign power trying to knock out our ability to ask for help as well as support ourselves, I'd go for the most powerful and most well-connected radio station. Okay, let's go to Capital City. Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor get in the invisible jet, Batman and Robin get in the Batplane, and Sandman gets in his plane while Superman is sitting on the wing, very bored because he can't fly yet, and he and Wonder Woman are grumbling about getting there too slow. As they approach the airspace for Capital City they see a plane um the opposite of taking off crashing (laughs) crashing very quickly falling falling out of the sky and they start to pick up out of a radio signal because they're getting close enough a mayday they see a parachute fly out and then they see a green light sort of jet out from the city making its way straight towards the plane and they're watching and as the person who's parachuted out gets further and further away from the plane the plane just explodes and bursts into flames and just crashes hard into the earth and the green comet lands and dissipates superman immediately jumps into action jumps off of the sandman's plane and goes to the crash site and then everybody lands and by the time they get there superman is clawing through the fiery wreckage, pulling out the remains of bodies, trying to find someone still alive. But it's a very small plane, but there's still several people inside. Meanwhile, the Green Comet has appeared again and is coming back with the person who had parachuted out. And a man dressed in a very elfish with an opera cape looking sort of getup <laughs> is standing there with the jettisoned pilot. And he's questioning him. He's saying, I I got your Mayday, but what happened? Why did you bail out? And the guy says, I don't remember getting in the air. All I remember was I, I called the Mayday and I let, and I jumped out. I don't remember f- taking off. And the man looks at Superman, who has pulled 11 corpses out of this plane. And he shakes his head and he puts the pilot down gently. And he says, thank you for at least trying to save these people. My name is Green Lantern. Superman shakes his hand. He says, I heard the Mayday distress from the city. And when I came out to do what I could, I unfortunately it was too late, I didn't realize the severity Superman nods and he says it's unfortunate that there were so many casualties, 11 people lost their lives the pilot goes, 11? there were 12 people on the flight I I checked them in, I remember that I remember checking these guys in and they go, what do you remember about them? he goes, they were all uh, scientists they were going to a symposium or something like that they're all well known, I mean, some of them were foreigners some of them were guys from the US and there were 12 of them, I checked them all in Can we see the flight manifest? He goes, hell, you saved my life. You can see whatever the hell you want. Let's go. And when they get back to Capital City... The pilot shows in the flight manifest he goes okay this is everybody who got on the plane I remember checking and I gave it to the the ground control guy and they look and it's, it's a lot of very famous scientists Elon Musk you know Neil deGrasse Tyson types of this era and they're not all in a specific field there a variety of fields there they would be useful to any number of government organizations working to develop maybe infrastructure or new weapons or medical procedures things like that technology lots of lots of technology Batman and Sandman say, look, okay, there's only 11, 12 of these guys. Why don't we split up and start taking some of these locations? We look at their homes and see if we can discern anything about these people. And they go, okay, that's a a good idea as any. So Green Lantern takes a couple names. Superman takes a few names. Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor go. Batman, Robin, and Sandman go to a different set of apartments. And as they start going through the apartments, they realize some of them are turned over. Pretty thoroughly ransacked. No money's taken, like diplomas are, you know, shuffled off of walls, drawers are pulled out, clothes are thrown everywhere, but it's not like vandalism. They they were looking for something, but clearly not valuables. Things that should be valuable have not been taken. And then Sandman and Batman and Robin come upon an apartment that has not been touched at all. They go inside and they realize, hmm, there's a lot of stuff in that trash can that's smoking. They start pulling things out like dusting it off and trying to do sciencey things to reconstitute what was there and they get the impression that it was plans for something schematics and both batman and the sandman start looking at it going if anything it's another type of ray gun maybe and then the air raid sirens start to go off and everyone starts looking out of the windows that they're in and red gyroplanes start descending from very high altitudes, and they start bombing Capital City. Superman jumps and starts swatting these planes out of the sky. Green Lantern is catching the bombs with his ring and throwing them back at the planes. Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor are escorting people to safety. Batman, Robin, and Sandman can't do anything. They're just watching horror as these people begin to descend and destroy this city. And after a few moments of destruction from Green Lantern and Superman... The planes are like, this is not going to work, and they start bailing. But all the radios start turning on, and then they hear a voice. Citizens of the United States. This is Luthor. I have commandeered and risen the sunken city of Pacifico off of the west coast, and I come with a warning. Pasifo. If I am not made president of the United States within the next 48 hours, I will launch a three-pronged attack from the west, the south, and the east. And the US will not survive. I will have what I want, or this country will fall. You have 48 hours. End of part two. Part three picks up almost immediately, again, with everyone reconvening, going, okay, what are we doing? Superman says, I know this guy. Luthor is crazy. This smells like him all over. He has done stuff like this before. I'm going to put an end to, it, end to this, I'm going to go to Pacifico. I'm going to take care of this. And everybody generally agrees, that's a bad idea. Because he's going to expect you. Maybe we should kind of switch things up. Uh, make it harder for them to anticipate what's going on. Well, what do you suggest? Well, if he's attacking from the east, it can only be a, a naval and aerial attack. And if he's doing that, it's probably a very large force. The Baroness von Gunther is a Gestapo agent, correct, Steve? that's correct she's probably bringing german forces from the east i think you and green lantern would probably be best served going to the east coast and dealing with that superman takes a moment and he goes you're right he looks at green lantern and he says shall we and he goes you got it and kind of puts them in a cone with him and they fly off or spear whatever i don't know what kind of shapes alan scott really likes he hasn't used too many
1: I, I like the idea of uh, Superman being put in the cone of shame. The cone of shame. The cone of shame is actually the cone of <laughs> instead of fast. Instead of
0: Batman for once, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Batman and Sandman and Robin look to Steven Wonder Woman and they say, Look, um, I don't know about a crazy mastermind with his own super city that's probably outside of our wheelhouse, but these robot soldiers, they might be coming from the south. We can take a look. And if that's true... We're probably the best ones to deal with those. They're probably running off of a radio signal. We can probably disrupt that, sabotage them. Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor nodding. Okay, that leaves Luther and Pacifico to us. Wonder Woman says, I've read about Pacifico from Paradise Island. I have knowledge of this oh, of place. Course. Yeah. I can probably you know, direct us through it and make sure that we're safe. He goes, okay, it's settled. So Superman and the Green Lantern go to the East Coast to combat what they believe would be the Baroness's uh, German forces. Batman, Robin, and the Sandman get in their planes and they start flying south to Texas. And Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor begin to fly in the invisible jet to the west coast. Superman and Green Lantern arrive first because that's where they're closest to. And as they get there, they can definitely see on the horizon a lot of ships and a lot of planes. Green Lantern and Superman look at each other. They're like, okay, uh, second verse, same as the first. Just start breaking stuff. Green Lantern is taking care of all the aerial enemies because he can fly, and Superman is just leapfrogging from ship to U-boat to ship and just punching holes and sinking them. He's doing everything he can, he is not holding back, and he is gonna stop these guys. None of them are gonna set foot on American soil, and none of them are gonna shell a single American inch of land. And as they're doing this, Green Lantern realizes, we haven't seen the Baroness. I haven't, at least. And he kind of stops one of the planes with his ring pulls the pilot out and he says who's leading your force? you don't have any Nazi insignias and the man says Von Gunther is leading us we are her army and he realizes that all the patches all his emblems and sigils that's a house crest and he drops the guy with his ring doesn't really care the guy parachutes away (laughs) because Alan's not a murderer but uh, Avatar rules yeah Avatar rules and he Begins to search now. He tells Superman, we need to find the Baroness. If we take her out, this whole army should stop. And Superman says, I can't guarantee that. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But if you can find her, let me know and I will help you. And he goes, okay, that's an answer. So flies up. And he sees that there's a gap in the formation. And he goes, there's no ship there. So he takes out his ring. And he shines it. Sure enough, the ring detects that there is a ship there. But it's invisible he flies closer and of course it's green lantern so metal doesn't harm him so all the shells and shooting that are happening to him are just kind of bouncing off and he gets close to the phantom ship and he realizes it's an electrical current he just kind of uses the ring to find the source and gets rid of it and then the ship appears perfect if i was a leader i would have an invisible ship essentially (laughs) it is the gaudiest most emblazoned with regalia ship that there is and he goes this is probably it And he shoots a big signal up in the air to get Superman's attention, and Superman just kind of starts hopping from ship to ship, sinking him as he goes, and gets to the ship, and they fight their way, tearing it apart, until they get to the bridge where the Baroness is there, and is very clearly unprepared for that type of anarchy. Purely because Wonder Woman was never that messy. Steve Trevor, never that messy. Two guys who can take out an entire fleet by themselves, with seemingly not breaking a sweat. Oops! (laughs) Mistakes were made. And she's standing there going, okay... I mean, it's not like she hasn't been beaten before. The Green Lantern puts a cage around her because Superman seemed to have been very angry and starting to make his way towards her. But he stops Superman by putting a cage around the Baroness and he says, it's over. Do you surrender? And she says, yes, I surrender. Superman, how did you get these men to betray Germany? To betray the Reich? She said, Luther promised me that I would become the sole monarch of Germany as opposed to this ridiculous Reich by a madman's dream. We are the true nobility. We will come back. We will be stronger. This has happened before. They take her away, and as the soldiers see that their leader is being captured, most of them, if not all of them, begin to turn around. Those that can, that haven't been sunk by the Man of Steel. Meanwhile, on the border between Texas and Mexico, Batman, Robin, and Sandman are flying their planes... To what looks like pretty much that sequence in like Return of the King where the Oryx and the Orcs are just like standing outside of Manus Tirith except it's all really shitty looking robots and a bunch of American soldiers. <laughs> and they're just kind of squaring off and the soldiers are standing there looking at the robots and they're going, Boy, what are we going to do? This is weird. Because they had 48 hours so the robots aren't doing anything. Luther's a man of his word if his word is a bit weird. And Batman's... His word is cakes. Yeah, his word is cakes. He wants those 40 cakes later. Batman detects a signal, faint from where they are, but still a signal, and he says we should start flying in that direction, and as they begin to fly, they get to a cove surrounded by mountains. They put their planes down, and as they get in the cove, they see an installation that is just churning out robots, because there are several ships there that are unloading parts to this installation that are, apparently it's the factory where the robots are coming from. And as they sit there, they look at the installation. There's a big old radio tower. And Batman, and Robin, and Sandman look at it and they go, If we were betting men, that's probably how they're being controlled.
1: Dear Diary, today I did a lot of science and then I punched a thing.
0: Exactly. So Batman and Robin and Sandman begin to slowly make their way down. But Batman says, you know what? We've been going about this all wrong. We're distractors. There's no sneaking in and, and, and trying to catch these guys off guard, and we're clearly not going to bust in there because we are not Wonder Woman or Superman. Let's do it our way. Sandman says, I agree. So, using the chemical charges that both Batman and Robin have in their boots, because why not? They place them all around the big antenna, they detonate them, and they watch it crumble and fall. Of course, every single guard immediately makes their way out to this fallen antenna, and while well, they're doing this, Batman, Robin, and Sandman sneak into the installation and they find ultra who's watching the chaos outside and sandman holds up his gas gun and batman and robin stand there looking very smug there's nothing more you can do why would you do this this is and batman steps forward this is very much outside of your your mo you don't normally work with partners you have underlings but you never work with partners why work with Luthor? she says luther and i are intellectual equals We were to make a world together that was better than what we have now. You and Sandman were to be among those. We recognized your intelligence. We wanted you to be a part of it. But we couldn't guarantee that you'd go along willingly. This is not the first time I have lost, nor will it be the last. But I am confident that I was doing the right thing." Sandman gasses her. She passes out, and they sneak away with her in the night, back to their planes to fly back to the United States. The robots, as they see on their way back, begin to tumble, fall, stop dead in their tracks because they're no longer receiving signals to tell them what to do. Meanwhile, Steve and Diana are fast approaching the west coast and off in the ocean they can see a very large landmass that wasn't there before. Kind of between California and Hawaii, like right equidistant.
1: And the next time that's going to happen, it's when California is that slightly isolated offshore landmass exactly
0: and they're going well that's got to be the sunken city of Pacifo sure so they fly (laughs) and as they get close they see a lot of American naval ships converging on this location Steve Trevor gets on the radio for the invisible jet and says who he is and what they're doing and he says give us an hour and then you can do whatever you need to the city but we think we can get Luthor and if we can get Luthor we can end this without any men losing their lives the Americans are like well you got 48 hours go ahead and try whatever you're going to do we still got time. Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman land the Invisible Jet. And as they get off. It's a jungle. It's a jungly atmosphere. It's different. And they start walking and they immediately encounter very large, very not natural lizard things. Not dinosaurs, but certainly abnormally sized animals. The scientifically created animals. And Wonder Woman's not faced by this at all. Perfect. Perfect. She starts wrestling and roping these things, and sure enough, she gets a large enough one that she ropes just like a giant kangaroo on Paradise Island. She wraps it up with the golden lasso, tells Steve to get on, and they start riding a dinosaur into Pacifo.
1: Good. Yes. <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> they get through the front gates, and of course Luther is waiting for them with more dinosaur lizard things and automatons. And he says, you know, frankly, I was expecting Superman, but this is just as exciting. He gestures for the automatons to put binders on both Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor he says I'm assuming that while you were here that must mean that the Baroness has fought either Superman or Ultra has. They kind of tell them what has happened you know with Batman and Sandman and Superman and Green Lantern and he goes frankly I was gambling on them losing. They were a distraction. I was, wasn't going to wait the full 48 hours. I needed a beachhead and that was to be the West Coast. But taking you out will be the first step to that. I still have to worry about Superman. Thankfully you're here now and you've Practically given yourselves to me. Wonder Woman smiles, breaks out of her bonds because robots aren't men.
1: Oh, <laughs> well
0: done! And she rips Steve's. Oh, well done! And she rips Steve's bonds off, and she starts trashing the robots. Now knowing that she can block <laughs> ray guns. It's a reverse alien. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you've forgotten one. thing. I am no man, and These you are, are no not men. no men.
0: <laughs> you are no men, and she starts blocking the ray gun. Uh, blasts because she knows that she can now And Steve takes a ray gun And starts scaring off the lizard dinosaur things And Luther goes, oops <laughs> This was a mistake Because they're not Superman He's not sure how to handle these people And he you starts You can't
1: to... just uh, challenge them to the Olympics
0: Right, they're not going to fall for that crap Because that guy's got a gun and he likes using it And as he starts to make his way out of there Wonder Woman says, mm-mm, magic on him Pulls him back and she says Surrender And a silent moment passes, and Wonder Woman for the first time thinks, this guy could say no. But Luther just snarls, and he says, very well. As he surrenders, U.S. troops begin to flood the island, corralling the large lizards to locations where they don't have to be harmed, but at least making sure that they can get into the island to dismantle the automatons, and Luther is handed over to the authorities. End of part three. Part 4 is very small, very simple. The team reconvenes in Washington to debrief. Superman and Green Lantern explain that the von Gunther family has now made a splinter group amongst the Reich. They are loyalists to the correct ruling aristocracy, and the U.S. government is very interested in that. Meanwhile, Batman, Sandman, and Robin explain their saboteur mission down in Mexico, and they begin to detail the way that the automatons have been controlled. Helping the Americans, should this ever be a thing again. And Wonder Woman, and Steve Trevor, of course, detail the uh, excursion on Pacifico, the types of animals that were there, and the capabilities that Luther had.
1: What I did on my summer, summer vacation. vacation, exactly. Punched Luther, punched Road Lizards. dinosaur, <laughs>
0: and that's a, that's a good summer. Yeah, and they begin to kind of, you know, leave their respective buildings and they kind of meet again and Superman admits that having Green Lantern around isn't such a bad idea because frankly he can do things that he can't and he enjoys having somebody who is his equal around they shake hands and agree that you know should something like this ever happen again they're definitely going to partner up and take care of it Batman and the Sandman and Robin agree that they're going to start creating a network across the United States that allows them to keep track of mysterious events like this so that they can be more prepared and preemptive for things like this so that it won't happen again. But the entire group agrees that both Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman are probably the perfect two to lead this group. Steve has the weight of the United States government behind him and Wonder Woman as a natural leader and honestly has a very level head Mm -hmm. and has proven that she will fight for each and every one of them and stand up to even the most powerful foes for her friends. Even Superman agrees that she was pretty instrumental in this entire thing because he can't deny that she did beat Luthor, and Steve and Wonder Woman become the founding members of the Justice Society of America.
1: I like Yay. it, and that's the end. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's there's a lot there.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. It's definitely and, and a lot.
1: As as your editor and with a close eye to the business side of this operation, just want to say really feel pretty strongly issue four either needs to be at the world's fair or at a circus
0: right it's missing a circus or, or the world's fair it's entirely true it's, 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 it's too... the kind of
1: issue you could actually have at the world's fair like them just kind of walking around like the yeah. world's fair not actually playing a role just as the backdrop that could that,
0: or it could <laughs> also be like Steve and Wonder Woman start there and then they chase someone to the boat that goes like, like it could at yeah, least it be there good, yeah. yeah it's it's it's, it's missing those two things. But I tried to hit as many <laughs> points as I could from everybody's background, like mm-hmm. the invisible ships from the Baroness. Um,
1: God, that's right. The atomic
0: invisibility
1: stuff. Right, America. the
0: automatons from Pacifo that Luther finds, which of course he would then design for Ultra to build, which then is what they were taking from the Dots Best Incorporations was all the mm-hmm. automaton parts.
1: It fits together nicely.
0: Yeah, I tried to take as many things that made sense Oh, the only thing I forgot really um, was the sonic guns, which were the which is the Green Lantern story, which was the scientist that crashed. Yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that was left untouched. Uh, I forgot about that. Um, they realized that the sonic guns um, are being made by one of the scientists who sold out the other scientists to go work for Luthor to give him a different set of weapons that he could use that weren't just the ray guns because the sonic guns could take out the ray guns. Luthor was kind mm. of covering his back, like they're just they're you know it's. An escalating level of...
1: Rock, paper, paper ray yeah. gun, sonic gun? Yeah. Uh,
0: automaton, ray gun, sonic gun. And Spot beats everything. Yeah, right? <laughs> and that was the only thing that was kind of left there. But, I mean, having Capital City be just a backdrop for mm-hmm. uh, the radio situation also makes sense. It's not necessary yeah. to have that secondary thing. It was just... I had to have a reason to, have to get them to Capital City. I was going to include The Flash... Unfortunately, I wasn't reading The Flash uh, when I was creating this. Um, I would have included something about Joan's father, if anything, being one yeah, of the scientists yeah, somewhere so. with the atomic bombarder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That would probably be the only thing that I would have added was just that, oh, the atomic bombarder is also something that, like, you know, should be something we should look out for. And then they make their way to whatever city they're in. I think it's also New York. And they, yeah. they meet up with The Flash. Um, the Flash would have gone with Wonder Woman and Steve. The original mm-hmm. outline I had it was the two it was that the works. two gods mm-hmm. working together. Um, but just how powerful Jay is, yeah, he's he's almost. It would have made Wonder Woman and Steve not do anything, and that was my concern with that team up. Um, I tried to keep everybody true to their mandates. Superman obviously was going to fight for the child and for America. So that was why he attacked Sandman and Batman. Wonder Woman was not going to let her friends be hurt but also at the same time not back down to a fight. Um, I purposely
1: wrote Superman as a bully. It almost felt a little bit out of character but the execution would have been the defining thing. Right,
0: it's it's just the body language. Yeah. And the notes I, I would have for that would be draw Superman hulking. Not Hulk sized but bruiser looking almost. Like a big dude with big shoulders almost looking down on everyone all the time
1: we also have definitively not seen him in any kind of cooperative role
0: right so i couldn't write him as somebody who cooperated well yeah um not that he didn't with green lantern so much as that they were two parallel forces working at the same time Mm -hmm. and they just happened to have the same goal
1: there was no coordination necessary it's just like Go rampant. Yeah,
0: it was like, okay, you're gonna do stuff. I gotta find what's going on, so we don't just end up killing a ton of people. Um, and I wanted, I liked the idea of of Alan being Clark's handler, hmm. like, okay, rein it in, buddy. Like, okay, blinders, like you know, steering him in directions. And, <laughs> and it's it, it fit well. I liked the batman sandman dichotomy two smart guys who can't do a whole hell of a lot but we're smart enough to know that we have other strengths and i wanted to keep wonder woman and steve trevor together purely for the fact that they were the best duo um and i like the idea of them being the ones in charge but i had been practicing this so that it would come out mm-hmm. in a much more smoother fashion a little bit more radio play a little less you know luxury but i hope you enjoyed it i hope it was fun um, a little bit of a different thing, uh, Matt is now next we won 't do i won 't do another one until Matt does his. It gives um, you something to look forward to. if you have any questions, um, let us know. let yeah. me know. I am totally willing to talk to you about that my process behind it what did I pick? why did I pick it who why the why the characters and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Joanne will be back to keep me in line for our next episode, which is going to be about Hawkman Mm-hmm. And all his shirtless, barbaric glory. <laughs> and uh, we will see you next what, time. What, wait, mm? one thing. Yes. One
1: thing. I've been holding onto this for oh like the entire episode because yes. it came up earlier and it just kind of kept turning it around in my head. Mm-hmm. So, ships shipping ships. Oh, God, yeah, okay. I would really actually be genuinely interested to read or watch or comics or whatever a story of the moderators of a fan fiction forum or otherwise like fan fiction zine in their own rom-com drama
0: shipping the shippers That's well, funny. That works too. Oh man. But
1: like on the level of what what was the cracked one? Rom-com. Yeah, rom-com. Was that really what it was called? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I actually I don't know enough about the fanfic scene to mm-hmm. really write anything about this, but it's like, oh, I want that story.
0: I would, I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely read that. Um, and with that, we will see you next time.
1: Have a good one, folks, and Merry Christmas! Happy, happy holidays! Uh, happy uh, happy uh, ha- I, I hope Christmas you had
0: a happy Christmas. New Year because this will be coming out. Oh every. yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> screw you guys! Then it's twenty seventeen. Whatever. <laughs> new Year. Woo! DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud.
0: To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, and our website, dcdetectivespodcast.com for visual aids and more. The gods of the Golden Age idea could use some work, but I was proud of the pseudo-complexity in the in-jokes. It served its purpose as a nice distraction and a reminder of what we had found after all these months. As we stared into the face of the new year, Matt and I knew there would be more on the horizon that would inspire us, as well as all of our new friends. And that was good. That was what we wanted. A new reason to enjoy comics. It was going to be a good year.